welcome everybody to the USL show. We are brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and we are sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. It's a new season. We've taken a bit of a break, um, gotten over some of the burnout that tends to happen at the end of a season. Um, and uh, I think we're going to go at it again. Uh, today's episode is is me talking to the GM, the president of soccer operations of Orange County Soccer Club, Oliver Vies, and um, I nerd out pretty good on this one. You can probably hear how, uh, you know, a little uh, excited I am to talk to him about all the things that, that he's been doing. And so this is a fun episode for me personally. I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, but just to let you know, it looks like we're going to try to record a real USL show next week. Uh, so I know we've been gone for a while, but I think it's been good for for our, our uh, brains to kind of enjoy the holiday, to not have to think about what we're going to be doing every Tuesday night or whatever it is. Um, and now we get to kind of start the grind again. There's a lot to talk about. We're refreshed. A lot of fun new news to talk about. Um, so I hope you guys will tune in and, and hear from us soon. Uh, but for now, I'll stop talking and uh, send you straight to this interview. Hope you enjoy. All right. I've been very excited to talk to the gentleman I have on the line right now. His name is Oliver Vies, and he's the president of soccer operations and general manager for Orange County SC. Oliver, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Phil, thank you very much for having me on the show. I uh, love listening to what you're doing. What are you doing? And I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I've said it a million times. This will be the last time our show hears me drop this uh, this name of this interview. But one of my favorite interviews having to do with the USL and the young kids, which is what my favorite topics to talk about, really, um, was when you talked to um, Adam Bells with Scuffed about how you kind of operate your club and, and the future of what you hope to do. And um, boy, it was my favorite podcast of the year as, as far as that's concerned. I really enjoyed it. And I wanted to get you on. I want to kind of open up nerdy with that. I want to talk about um, all the young kids you guys have signed in the last year and your goal in moving them on right off the bat here. And, and you don't have to go in as much detail. People should go listen to that podcast for sure. But can you kind of get us started with uh, the young kids and what your aim has been this year in, in, the, in, the, form, in the last year or so? Well, I think, yeah, it's been definitely very excited, you know, year for Orange County Soccer Club as it relates to our young signings, right? We were able to sign three youth international, adding to Aaron Cervantes um, that we signed two years ago at age 15. And obviously Aaron Cervantes and Brian Kaya, which I'm sure we'll talk about later on, made it to the U-17 World Cup. Uh, and, you know, Francis Jacob made it to the U-15 uh, way for friendlies uh, where he played really well. So yes, it's definitely been a very, very, very successful, you know, uh, season for Orange County as it relates to our development structure that we really put in place, you know, four years ago, um, specifically uh, with James Keston coming in and, and buying the club and rebranding it from Orange County Blues to the Orange County Soccer Club where we obviously want to have first and foremost a team that competes for USL championship because uh, winning a cup is obviously every professional team. But we also wanted to make sure we are developing young top founder players and integrate them in our structure uh, and creating an environment from a coaching staff to a front office where everybody's fully aligned with the goals of the organization, as I said, to compete for championships. And I think we've been in the playoffs for the last five years. Um, always one of the top teams. 
but also develop young players and giving them the opportunities to play. So I think starting off with that, it's been a very exciting year as it relates to that, and we're not planning on stopping here. Yeah, I love that. I think Cervantes even got a couple starts last year. Um, um, I don't know if you intended for that in the beginning of the season, but it did work out. Um, but, you know, we talked off air about how, you know, I'm a fan of St. Louis FC and how we're an independent USL club. Uh, they play in the DA, but, you know, there's no protection for these kids that we develop as far as the club is concerned. There's no return on that asset. And those kids are an asset these days. Um, when it comes to the world game. And so that was one of the more interesting things about what your plans were for these kids is you have a plan to kind of perhaps uh, monetize these kids by playing them at a super young age in a USL club in a pro environment. Um, Can you talk a little more detail on that before we move on? Yeah, and I think you hit the nail in the head. We absolutely have to look at these young players as assets. Uh, you know, the world game, right? It's uh, annually about a $5 billion transfer, and the U.S. participates at very little, if not much, in their tra- global transfer uh, you know, window. So I would say, if you look at these players as assets, one, it's not only the fact that you need to sign them when they're young, but the reality is if you do not sign them full contracts, you have absolutely no protection, because currently still, really, training compensation and solidarity payments is not really enforced by U.S. soccer. So the only way you do this is by signing players to professional contracts, multi-year contracts, which then obviously uh, you offset the college education, which we do in the Orange County Soccer Club, very similar to the MLS clubs. And then really create the environment where they are being prepared to succeed and not prepared to fail. Meaning is a young player now coming to U.S. championship, it's difficult just because he's talented to go and get him games. So having them in an environment where 24-7 they're professional players and they are coached by a staff and we have a very, very good staff that our technical director being Franz Hoog, right, who's been uh, in the world games and worked for some of the biggest clubs in the world with Braden Fortier and the entire staff, you know, that is fully aligned with producing young players and developing but then also have veteran players that play on the absolutely highest level like the Michael Orozco's Aiden Quinn's, Kevin Alston's, right, who can also become role models for these younger players and teach them in the daily environment, you know, what it means to be a professional player on and off the field. I love that. And you dropped some names there that I very much want to talk about in the, in the near future here. Um, but uh, sticking with that topic, um, you know, it was a big surprise. So, you know, we talked about Aaron Cervantes. You mentioned Francis Jacobs. These guys are on pro contracts. And so the, the goal is to find a place for them to land after they've served their time in Orange County. If someone becomes interested, they have to buy those players at that point. And um, I know you talked about on the Scuff podcast about perhaps selling them for a modest price, but having a pretty good sell-on fee for after they're done with the next club. And using that, um, you know, once removed situation to try to get the money that way. And I thought that was so, so smart that I think every USL club should maybe look into that if they're not already. You mentioned having some talks with the St. Louis FC guys. Is this something that everyone is talking about? Were you the first to come up with this idea or to implement it? Um, How did that kind of originate for you? No, I think, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, grown and raised up in, in Switzerland. It's, that's how business is being done in Switzerland and in, in everywhere else in the world where young players fall into the pro teams and, 
and you develop them and they're obviously protected by, you know, training compensation, which unfortunately in the U.S. is not is not existing at the moment or not to the extent it should be. You know, I know MLS is obviously enforcing it a little bit. But with that said is, you know, uh, getting these young players, getting them playing and, you know, but also realizing that, you know, we're not the end piece to these players' career. We're just a very important piece of it. And, and I think, uh, you know, historically, one of the issues in the U.S. was the most talented players always played their own age group. And they, they kept them playing in there. And I think we our players are as talented as anywhere else in the world up to a certain age. And then when these players fall into the pro settings here, they continue to play their own age and, and don't compete, for example, in a training and see what a Michael Orozco does or an Aiden Quinn or, as I said, a Kevin Alston, you know, or a Thomas Ennevold and what, what it means to be a pro player and teaching him that. And if you're not in a pro setting where you compete daily in there and also get exposed for your weaknesses that you have to improve, you will never maximize people's potential. And so, but it's also realistic that these players, when we have them, that they're not guaranteed to come and play, you know, and get quality minutes. Now, in Aaron's case, you know, I think we showed everybody that actually the hardest position for a young player, which is a goalkeeper, that he started 11 games for us last mm. year. And the year before, he didn't start any games, but he developed. And we felt comfortable enough that he was our number one. And he went on there and he, he did justice, right? But if he would have not prepared accordingly, you know, 12 months in advance, he probably wouldn't fail. And so I think a lot of players... They do have the talent, but they're in the wrong environment or they leave too early and they come back, uh, you know, right away. So really, it takes, you know, it takes a full organization to really develop the pathway where these players are assets and then they, at the right time, can be moved on. But also understanding that moving them on to the next level is important that you then have a partner club or working with a club that also wants to develop these players. Mm. And so, and I think we'll probably talk a bit more, uh, we found the ideal partner with Glasgow Rangers. They're the club that is competing in the highest level in Europe, uh, has an incredible, incredible following and in, in an academy over the last four or five years that's been set up to is one of the absolutely best in Europe and an incredible leader in Steven Gerrard on the, uh, on the coaching staff that are very willing to share. And so we're looking at them as our partners and, and, if we have players that will go over there, right? We're not asking for high transfer fees, but we're actually asking for a good future transfer sell-on because, as we know, in, in soccer, the first transfer is not the one that pays usually off for the player or the club, but it's the secondary and the third, if they do well, that really is where you're going to get a return for investment. Yeah, and so I just want to highlight a couple of things you you guys are doing um, that are that you're paving a way for other USL teams if they choose to go this path. That I want people to realize it's not a small thing. When when young players decide to sign with your club as a pro, the scary thing for them might be, well, am I ever going to play for this team? Am I also going to be stuck with this team if I do too well and they won't sell me on, or they'll ask for too much money? where the team won't be willing to buy me. So those are two things that you have already negated um, in that, you know, a player won't feel trapped. They'll feel safe going to your club and getting pro minutes because for goodness sake, look what you did with Cervantes. You're, you're buying a lot of appreciation from these kids and from players in general around the league, actually. Um, So those are some major, major deals. Not only that, you're going to draw them through those two things, but you're drawing them by partnering with a team like Glasgow Rangers. That is incredible. And in fact, 
your big competition might be a, a kid wanting to go to an MLS two side and then move on to the MLS side. What you're offering here is maybe even a step up from that, you know, a chance to play in the Europa league in the next couple of years by, by chance. Right. I mean, this is a really good competitive, um, you know, capitalistically competitive with MLS clubs out there. Yeah. And and a hundred percent. And I think that not only do we have the pathway, but we are make it very clear that we're not here to hold the players back. We are here to develop the players and move them on. So if you're talking about, you know, uh, Brian Cayo, but also Diego Lopez, who came to us from MLS Academy or MLS two clubs, uh, they felt that the pathway for us, where they are in that environment, where they are being, you know, developed daily, not only by a head coach, but also by a talent manager, that is the position that we have that is, is helped by Didier Fretanel, who only works with our young players, extra training sessions, extra video sessions, you know, works on their, you know, things they have to improve and really develop these players so that then when we move them on to the next level, that they're there to succeed and then from there hopefully go on. So, and I think that's very important. A lot of people, you know, say, oh, we're developing players. But you really have to be committed to it. And it takes time. It takes effort. There's financial resources. There's expertise. But at the end of the day, uh, when you have a lot of talent and you're not developing these and you don't look at these players investing their assets, uh, you know, you're missing out on probably on a great, great opportunity to really get a revenue for your club. Mm. Absolutely. Those variables cannot be overlooked. Um, that's not something I mentioned. So I'm glad you you pointed that out. Um, speaking of pointing out, um, it was so exciting for me because it's very clear at this point, I think, that I'm really rooting for you guys to be successful with this. Um, but, you know, I saw it was really cool to see Brown Kyle get called up to the January camp for the senior team, not the U23s, not the U20s, but for the senior team. Um, absolutely incredible that, that that happened, that you guys were able to kind of pull him from Loudoun first and um, then have him go on to the Janu- January camp after spending time with your club. Um, but, you know, we also were a little worried uh, because he was listed as um, unattached. And so um, I know that probably means you can't give us full details, but I-, I know that's one of my biggest questions for you today was to kind of figure out, you know, is Brian Cayo a part of OC? Are they moving on? Or or where is that? Where are you in that world? So here's that question. You you give me what you can. <laughs> well, I think first of all, I want to say, look, having Brian being called up for the U.S. national senior team is a massive, massive, you know, tribute to the USL, uh, to the USL championship. And I think it shows credit that our pathway is working. Mm. Uh, as we all know, Brian is obviously an incredible talent. Uh, and look, I can uh, assure you that when he came to us and signed his first professional contract, uh, we're still in, obviously, ongoing conversation to bring him back. But it's also fair to say he's obviously a player that got international attention, right? Had an incredible CONCACAF qualifying last year. Uh, obviously went to the World Cup. Probably didn't play as much as he wanted to. But even when he came in his last game, he showed his quality. And that's exactly what he does. These players are being exposed now to the European market. And again, he goes he's clearly saying unless these players are signed to professional contracts, they could technically leave for free. And as we all know, we're not in the business of charity where we want these players to be for free when we invest in these players. So I think I will leave it with this. Uh, Brian will have a fantastic career. Um, 
He's an Orange County Soccer Club player that played for us, so he's always part of our family. Obviously, we're looking forward to hopefully bring him back here um, for this season. And But it's also clear that he will probably play uh, on the highest level very soon as well. And the fact that he was called into again for the U.S. National Camp just clearly shows that these players are being recognized in the USL Championship now and, and coming to clubs like ourselves where they're being developed and being prepared. Even national team coaches and international teams are taking notice of and, and inviting them to the absolutely highest stage. Yes, very much so. So that's extremely exciting. Uh, congratulations to you for that because, you know, uh, just having them in your club and then moving to that stage, that's absolutely incredible, as you said. Um, but speaking of people leaving, um, you know, it's not just about the youth. You guys have some incredible players, some that you mentioned earlier, uh, playing for your club that aren't under the age of 20 um, and still in high school. Um, the first one, speaking of kids leaving, people leaving, Michael Seaton. Uh, this looks good to players wanting to come into your club. Seton's going to Europe, and it's a pretty good move for him, seemingly, for his career in general. Very talented striker. has been really good for you for years. Um, I know because we faced you guys in the first round of the playoffs two seasons ago. It didn't go so well for us, so I'm not a huge fan of Seton. <laughs> but, um, but boy, he's, he's a great player, and, and that's a good move for him and for your club in general. Well, yeah, and I think he shows again, you know... Uh... If you look at Michael Seaton, obviously signed an MLS contract uh, very early, right, for DC United. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of tried his luck in the MLS. Never really, you know, uh, found his footing in the MLS. Kind of be bounced around, went over to Israel, and then we picked him up, uh, you know, at age 20 and brought him back and developed him over two years uh, with a lot of work, a lot of effort. Uh, there's obviously a very, very talented player. Um, our coaching staff did an incredible you know, job developing over two years, maturing him as a player, and his goal was always to go back to Europe, and that's what we recruited him two years ago. We said, look, if you come to us and do your job, and and you're committed to your trade, and, and you do what needs to be done on the field, there will be teams for you looking at, and it, you know, it worked out perfectly for him. So, very happy for Michael that he made it, and, and now top in the show in Europe that he can do it, and stay there for good, and hopefully, uh, make a good income and, and you know, uh, lead the pathway for the next player to come to us uh, who will do exactly the same thing. Yeah, and uh, the development is a key thing there. You guys are improving these guys. That's really proof of it, that he's able to move on like that. Um, an interesting piece last year, I was a huge fan of you guys. I couldn't believe you could get him, to be honest. Michael Orozco coming in. Um, was he a big piece for you guys last year? It sure seemed like it. Listen, Michael Orozco, having Michael Orozco at Orange County Soccer Club is a privilege. Michael is an incredible player, but an incredible human being and an, and the, you know, ultimate leader. Um, obviously, Michael is from Orange County, and I think Michael exactly tells the story that we are trying to do now. Michael, at age 15, left, you know, to go down to Mexico because there was no professional club in Orange County where he could learn his trade and develop and be prepared. Michael went down to Mexico, obviously had an incredible career in Mexico in the MLS for the U.S. national team. And he wanted to come home, and he had uh, many opportunities to go into the MLS, uh, other USL teams, and he ultimately uh, enjoyed what we're building in Orange County, not only a team, as I said uh, at the beginning of the podcast, that wants every year to compete for a championship, but also develop these young players. And he felt at home. He he loved being a role model. He loved... uh, 
you know, he lost the level of playing. He gets to play in front of his family and friends. And he is fully bought into this organization. And, and, and we've signed into a multi-year contract. And uh, together we have great goals uh, to really change that path for young players, but also to continue to compete. And let me tell you, going to watch him uh, train every single day, he's the ultimate professional. And the level and the standard he sets for young players to strive for is incredible. You could not have a better role model. And I would highly suggest for any USL team that has the opportunity to bring a player of his caliber and his stature into the club, I think it, it changes many, many aspects. And again, I, I cannot have enough praise for Michael Orozco, what he's meant for Orange County and what he's going to mean for many years to come. Hmm. He's not the only uh, talented player, uh, veteran player you guys have. One of my favorite players in the league is Aiden Quinn. You guys have just brought back Thomas and a Voldson. Um, and, you know, a few other players have been announced. Um, can you talk about, though, let's just talk about those two especially, um, or maybe even all the veteran players you have other than Orozco, who we just talked about. Um, you guys are a really talented team, and you had a rough go of it last year. I th- if I'm not mistaken, a lot of it due to injury. Maybe tell us about some of those veteran players and, and maybe what went wrong last year. Well, I think what was obviously the year before when we won the Western Conference uh, regular season and then went all the way to the Western Conference finals. We had an incredible season where everything just clicked, everything worked, right? I mean, uh, Aiden Quinn and Thomas and Abolson played every single minute of every game. Uh, obviously made it a two of the three uh, top MVP candidates and just were incredible players. Everything, like we said, Joe, the team, we didn't have many injuries and we had a very, very uh, successful season and he wouldn't have been for Didi itself was last heroic where he scored to go against us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt we would have had a very good chance to actually uh, go win the USL Cup. And with that, naturally, anytime you have a fantastic year, you feel you prepared for the following year, but every so often you have a little bigger you know, uh, target on your back. And every team that plays against you obviously is going to measure their team and their progress, you know, uh, based on playing against us. And I think we we had some tie legs from the year before. You know, we had some injuries, key injuries, and we had some players that didn't work out the way we wanted to work out. And we kind of coasted, I would say, with ups and downs through the beginning part of the season. But then very clearly, you know, made the needed adjustments, you know, uh, credit to our technical staff and, and the players that came in and, and the work that was done to make sure, hey, listen, we're going to go back and chill and, and, and get us in the right timing of the year. We're leading into the playoffs into full swing. And I think we had a we had a good, good goal there. Obviously, uh, you know, came in fifth place in the regular season. Ultimately lost uh, against a very, very good uh, Monarchs team that obviously won the Cup uh, Playing them on their field was tough, especially when we got a silly red card uh, early in the second half and the mm-hmm. setting was 2-1 and then just kind of fell apart. But I, I think that, you know, coming into this year, bringing Thomas back, uh, you know, he scored 22 goals for us the year before, right? And he is an incredible finisher. And I think we missed that a little bit last year. We actually created more chances last year than we did the year before mm-hmm. when we went all the way to the finals, West Compass finals. But we, our efficiency was not the same. So we felt, you know, bringing Michael, uh, uh, sorry, bringing uh, Thomas back and also having Michael Orozco now from the beginning, from the entire year, right? Set the tone from the first day of preseason into the first game. I think we'll uh, change the tone and also having Aiden Quinn, who, by the way, just got married 
uh, two days ago. I had the pleasure to be invited to his wedding, so that was very unique, you know, uh, uh, you know, to have him cross alongside with the Kevin Olsen, the Darwin Jones, who's, you know, good veteran players. Frederick Q, you know, in a first-class goalkeeper, who's a role model to Aaron Cervantes. And these kind of players have a very strong, you know, uh, middle of the field, you know, the act that we call it, of um, the spine of our team. And then still with the young, incredible, talented players. I think uh, we're looking forward to a great year. Uh, but as you know, the USL championship level every year rises to new levels. The expansion teams have come in last year, right? We're on a completely different level than some of the expansion teams in the past. Mm. And I can't wait for the season to start because I think the level again has risen again. And it's going to be a fun uh, Western Conference and in general USL to see, you know, the level of play. Yeah, I love it. I mean, San Diego Loyal is coming in, and they've only got a couple of players announced, but they're all big names. So um, you've got some competition, and you're right. They're coming in at a very high level. I am interested to see. You're a GM, um, and you know you had to jump into the USL. Was it hard to jump into the USL? How, how big of a, a learning curve does Landon Donovan have coming into this league here? Well, I think, first of all, look, I would say that just bringing San Diego Loyals into the league is, is great. Having a, mm-hmm. having a, you know, a U.S. stock collection like Brandon Donovan part of the league, I think is, is a great asset to have. And now, even for us, Orange County, San Diego, right? It's a 45 minute drive. So oh, nice. to build up rivalries, uh, between two independent teams is, I think, what these leagues drives off. And, and I think for us to play against San Diego and people get into it in Orange County, San Diego and, that's what this league is, is exciting about, right? With the, the rivalries, local rivalries play against each other. And I'm excited for them. As you know, it's never easy when you have to start from scratch, but uh, all the confidence in the world that Landon and obviously Warren and everybody's involved in that organization will do a great job. And we're excited. We're playing in the second game of the season at home. I'm looking forward to playing against them. And uh, I'm sure he's going to be a fiercely contested game. I imagine everyone in the Western Conference is jealous of a 45-minute commute for an away game. <laughs> it's got to be by far the smallest, the, the shortest drive. Uh, yes, absolutely. And, and, and like you said, look, uh, the league, it's incredible how the league has grown. This is my sixth season. You know, obviously started off as a head coach in the league and, and then moved at the opportunity to move into the executive role and, and look at it from that way and see the league grow on and off the field. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. It's such an exciting time to be part of the league, to build, uh, you know, uh, organizations and seeing the talent coming in. Like now with David Diaz coming to the league, right, with Kingsborough and, and different ownership groups, that's just very, very exciting. And I think it just shows the class of the league and the interest of the league. And, and also, hey, by the way, uh, Scottish, I said at the beginning, uh, congratulations, obviously, bringing in Stevie Trichu back into the league to uh-huh. come to San Louis. Uh, very, very good coach who actually uh, started in Colorado at the same time I started in Orange County. So it's glad to see uh, hmm. a guy like Stevie back in the league as well. I agree. Boy, are we lucky he was around. <laughs> so uh, I'm yeah. looking forward to that yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, Oliver. Man, we got to hit all my favorite topics tonight. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Is there anything you want to say before we go? No, just listen. I really enjoyed our conversation. I think uh, the reality is every uh, team in the USL Championship is going to strive to win uh, the cup. But I think, uh, you know, in these league meetings and the talks we have and the committees and with the USL Academy coming and, and like I said, the players being called into 
senior national teams. I think it also shows now that the true pathway structure, the academy teams, you know, the development teams below the championship teams and also League One is really in full swing. And it's just, again, it's an exciting times. I appreciate you guys covering so details because at the end, you know, the league would not, and the teams would be nothing without their fans. And, and for the fans to be so excited about the season and, and be fully engaged in it, it shows how far this league has come. So, again, uh, you know, my, you know, obviously appreciation to people like yourself and everybody else who uh, is so fully invested in it. Uh, and we just try to do justice and uh, make everybody proud. And I think we can show, hopefully, with some of these young players this year and with some of the senior players, that you can truly build a team that competes but also develop players. And these players ultimately need to go on and, and represent uh, the U.S. national team, hopefully in a World Cup, and one of these days bring back a trophy that the entire country can be proud of. Oh, yeah, Oliver. That's the good stuff right there. I love it. Uh, thank you so much for joining me again tonight. Uh, hope to see you soon. Perhaps I'll see you in Baltimore if you're headed out that way next uh, this month in a couple of weeks. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Sounds great. Thank you again. So all the best and talk to you soon. Thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and U.S. soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com.